0: Hey, good morning everyone and uh, welcome to uh, Good Friday. The dark, you notice it's darker in here. Uh, there's no better opportunity for us to reflect on uh, Jesus' sacrifice for us than today, isn't it? We, we get a whole day to remember that. And, uh, and I think we can get so distracted with, um, I don't know, chocolate, hot cross buns, we can lose it. But I think this is the opportunity for us really to reflect on how Jesus felt while he was upon the cross. You know, I think, you know, when you watch a movie, you see the superhero and he looks so confident always. But when you read the book, it's so much better, isn't it? As you read a book about a superhero, you you, you sort of get his feelings and, and what he's thinking. And there's so much more depth to a, a book when you read um, the character and you find out more about him. Well, what we have today is we have uh, a recording or um, the thoughts of Jesus laid down for us by King David. A 1,000 years before Jesus came. And so we're going to be looking at uh, um, Psalm 22. We're going to look at uh, one verses 1 to 21 today. And on Sunday, we're going to look at uh, uh, 22 to 31. And so we're going to be looking at um, today about Jesus' feelings. And we've been preparing, haven't we? For the past month, we've been looking at the uh, you know emotions in the Psalms, like faith and feelings. And today, we're going to see how Jesus felt. And so let's look at it. We're going to look at um, Psalm Chapter 22, and we're going to read the verses 1 to 21. And so please have your heart engaged when you hear these words. Really understand that this is what Jesus really did suffer for us. And it says, My my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Yet you are enthroned as the Holy One. You are the one um, Israel praises. In you uh, our ancestors put their trust. They trusted in you and and you delivered them. To you they cried out and were saved. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they said. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me. Strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart was turned to wax. It it is melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet, and all my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life, from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of lions. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can stand upon this holy ground, that we can consider these words. Lord, we pray that you'll help us to process these words, that they may not only go through our heads but straight into our hearts, that we may understand and see and know the sacrifice of our salvation, what it cost you to save us from our sin. And so, Lord, we pray that as we process it, that you'll move in us and transform us and change us so that through this we may become more like Jesus, more dependent upon you and more aware of your grace. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to have a look at uh, what's going on in this psalm and then we're going to look at um, what does it teach us and then we're going to learn as we go and so the first thing we see is that um, you know what's going on here if you uh, read the verses 6 to 8 it says but I am a worm not a man scorned by everyone despised by the people so all who see me mock me they hurl insults at me shaking their heads he trusted in the Lord, they say. Let him, let the Lord rescue him since he delights in him. You notice there, there's something going on there, isn't there? There's, uh, there there's, it's a public execution. It's, it's a, a public service or judgment. It says in verse 15, My mouth is dried like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Verse 16, dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircle me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display and people stare and they gloat at me. They divide um, my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. What's what's going on there? There are people encircling him. And so it's like a a public trial. And so this is written by King David and it's a, a picture there of David being publicly on trial, like the King of Israel, uh, before all the nations of the world has been captured. And they're all standing around, uh, judging him. And they're all, um, you know, I mean, punishing him. And that never happens, does it? I mean, it's interesting because we think, how did that ever happen? I think the closest we ever came was Saddam Hussein. Wasn't well, it remember Saddam Hussein? He was on public trial. Sort of. But in those days, you never had a king on a public trial like that. He wasn't considered to be an enemy against mankind or anything like that. And so, you know, he was they normally killed. And so we can't understand what's going on here, how David could experience this, and even to the point that he would have died through this experience. It's a public trial where he's being affected by the nations and the people around him. But its it's not happening, is it? He would have experienced something, we think, but not like this. And uh, in the first sermon after the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost, uh, Peter said that when David spoke, he was uh, focusing on Jesus. He saw Jesus' death and resurrection when he spoke. And so this has to be one of those, doesn't it? Where we see what's going on here is a public trial in front of everyone. It's excruciating and it's very painful. And yet it's what David spoke about a thousand years before it happened. Isn't it incredible? Are you amazed that all that this description shows perfectly what Jesus suffered for us on the cross? The other thing about this that you'll notice is that uh, David seems to have submitted to this. You notice he's he's talking about the enemy. He's not you know what David normally does when you know have you read the Psalms? When he has enemies, what does he say about the enemy? Strike them down, Lord, come down from heaven and you know deal judge them all and, and destroy them. But here he doesn't do that at all, you notice. He says, they're encircling me, they're hurting me, they're they're dividing their clothes, they're piercing my hands and feet. He doesn't actually call for judgment upon those people. He's submitted to this process. It's quite an amazing thing. The other thing that's really amazing is the absence of God. God is nowhere, according to him. And that's how he feels, isn't it? God is nowhere. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so he's suffering this abandonment, and this is the biggest pain that Jesus or anyone could ever face. You see, if you lose a loved one, that is the biggest pain that you can have, isn't it? We all know that. If our loved one is impacted or lost from us, that is the greatest pain that we can feel. But imagine for Jesus. Imagine Jesus saying these words, which he did on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Can you imagine the God of the universe, God the Son, God who is a member of the Trinity, you know, being separated somehow from God. Can you imagine that feeling? Just think about that. The God of the universe, the three in one, is experiencing such a, a drastic situation that he can't even feel the presence of the one whom he is present with. What's happened there? He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He he could say so many other mys, couldn't he? He could say, my feet, my feet, they're really sore. My hand, my hand, they're really sore. My head, my head, it's really sore. My enemies, you know, they're really hurting me. I'm really in a lot of pain. But he doesn't, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I can endure everything, but I cannot endure being separated from you. And do you see that's a picture of Jesus And he is sin. He became sin for us. And so when God the Father looks at Jesus upon the cross, he doesn't see his son. In some way, we don't understand, he sees the sin of the world. And so Jesus is like covered in sin. And he looks at God and he sees God's wrath instead of God's love. Can you imagine what that feels like? And so uh, Jesus um, on the cross, he describes that so well, doesn't he? Do you, do you see how he does it? He says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far um, you know, from uh, my cries of anguish. My God, I cry out to you by day, but you do not answer by night, and I find no rest. Can you imagine Jesus finding no rest in the presence of God? Imagine the agony, imagine the pain. And he said, but... Um, He said, yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near and there is no one to help. Do you hear the anguish of God? Do you hear the anguish of Jesus upon the cross? Feeling that great pain and suffering, the absence of God. There's nothing more. Drastic than that. And today we get this opportunity to say this is what Jesus is feeling on the cross. This is what he felt. Upon the cross he felt the abandonment of God himself. He felt what it was like to be sin, even though he was not sin, he did not have sin, but our sins were laid upon him. And so he felt the pain and the wrath of God and nothing else. Can you imagine? These words really blow me away. Now, uh, it says in verse um, 6 it says, but I am a worm. Yahweh, the great I am, says a worm. Can you understand that? I mean, you know, we, we it just blows your mind, doesn't it? So Jesus is saying on the cross, I am, I am who I am, a worm and not a man. The God of the universe Somehow was in such agony that he realized and discovered and found out and felt like that he was not God, but a worm, not even a man. A worm, you know, in those days, a worm is, you know, lives in the ground, in the dust. That's like death. It's like nothing. A worm is nothing. And so he says, I feel like nothing. I am God, but I feel like nothing. So drastic. And then verse 11, it says, do not be far from me. Trouble is near. And Jesus feeling trouble. You know, the God of the universe feeling trouble. You know, can you imagine the God of the universe? I mean, there's so many things that are impossible for God, you know, and uh, and yet it was impossible for God to be, you know, beaten and stabbed and whipped and put upon a cross. It was impossible for the God of the universe to have that happen. And yet through his son, He became one of us so that this may happen. And so Jesus was experiencing this great pain with no one to rescue him. Can you imagine? And then he said um, I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. Wow. You know, Just reflect on that. I am poured out like water. You know that's There's no strength, there's no substance, there's nothing there. And all my bones are out of joint, I can't even move. Have you had a disjointed anything? It's not not very nice, I've had a dislocated shoulder and you can't move it, it's dislocated. And so he's completely dislocated. His his heart is melted away, it's just, just disappeared and he can't speak. As we reflect on this, we see how drastic this is. Do you see that? The way I think it pictures me is that um, imagine if we suddenly turned the sun off. So, if the sun was just switched off, we'd be all frozen and disappeared in how many seconds? Pardon? Eight minutes. Eight minutes and three seconds or something. Anyway, can you imagine? It's like a flower. You know, a flower, you know, the sun comes up in the morning and the flower opens up to the sun. If the sun disappeared, it would close up. And this is what Jesus is feeling right here. Right? He, he, you know, he has the heat of the sun. He, has, he is the sun. He has the love of God. And suddenly it's switched off. And from there, death comes. And that's what he's experiencing here. And that's what we need to see. And so do you see the suffering of Jesus for you? You know, we did it to him, right? He didn't come here just for an exercise. He came here to save you and to save me. If we were the if I was the only person on earth he still would have done it for me. Have you heard that before that is such a drastic thing and he would endure so much suffering and so much pain to save me I can't believe it. And so Jesus showed that he was prepared to suffer and that he was faithful. He was obedient to his father even to the point of death. Do you notice that he was there and uh, and even in that intimate relationship he was prepared to go through it. Now, remember, um, you know, he was tried, you know, Peter tried to rescue Jesus. He got a sword and sliced the, the ear off one of the guards. And what did Jesus say? Good test for you all. No, it, 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 sort of like that, yeah. But he said, No, Peter. Do you know that I can call a legion of angels and they can come and rescue me right now? And so Jesus is upon the cross, right? and he's feeling this pain, and he can say, right, that's it, I've had enough. (laughs) And he could call a legion of angels, couldn't he? Yep, you believe it? Yep. Good. Everyone agrees. He could have done that. He could have done that. A legion of angels could suddenly come up and wipe out all the enemy, took Jesus down from the cross and healed his wounds and everything, and everything would have been fine. He could have done that. But Jesus, in his faithfulness and in his love, continued on, bore this pain for you and me. You see that great faithfulness? It's infinite faithfulness when he's experiencing infinite suffering. That is your saviour. That's my saviour. That's the one who loves us and is prepared to go through all of that. And he took on what we deserve. He was prepared to take the sin upon himself so that then we will not have sin upon us. And you see, we need to understand that this has to make a difference within our hearts and lives. When we think about the fact that Jesus, um, you know, God is that holy that Jesus had to die for our sins. The holiness of God, the justice of God had to be done. It had to be served. And so Jesus had to die. But because of God's great love for us, Jesus was willing to die. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy set before him, not because of the cross, but the joy of having us being restored to him and being with him in glory forever. That's that's our Saviour, that's our Lord. He was prepared to humble himself. And so doesn't that humble us? When we realise how expensive we are, how valuable we are to God, how much God was prepared to do, doesn't that change us? It really has to, you see. You can't have low self-esteem. You know, you can't think of yourself um, as weak and pathetic. You can't think of yourself as not important. You can't think of yourself as unloved. You can't walk around in shame and disgrace. Because when you have a saviour like this, it's got to transform you so that you actually overcome everything that that, uh, comes against you. You have the strength within because he's within you. He's given you a new heart. He's won this new heart for you. So you live out of that new heart and then everything that you ex- experience in life will be difficult, but it won't harm you. You can keep joy in the midst of pain. You can keep um, uh, completeness. You can keep this contentment in the midst of suffering because that's what he's done for us. And that's what we have. That's what the gospel says. That's what today we are to do, is to remember how Jesus experienced his feelings. He experienced them. He went through them. He didn't, um, you know, shirk them. He went through the valley of death so that then we could experience this valley of life, this light, this renewal, this help, and this hope. And so we need to understand this for ourselves and then we need to tell other people about it, don't we? I mean, I like what Dan said at the beginning the, uh, you know, the thief on the cross. For some reason, he saw Jesus dying and he said to the other guy, he said, uh, we're getting what we deserve. And then he said, Jesus, please remember me when you enter into glory. Why did he say that? He could see the glory within Jesus. He could see the way people looked at him. You know, there was, The women were there. There was something about Jesus that people could see that he was not an ordinary man. Even the centurion at the end said, this was a son of God. And so there was something glorious about Jesus in the midst of of his suffering. He stood out when he suffered. Isn't that true of us? When we suffer having this strength from within, then people notice that and they see the joy that we have in the midst of our particular suffering. And so when people see Christ in us, then they'll be similar to say, Hey, what have you got? What's that strength that you have? Surely this you like are like a son of God. Wouldn't you like people saying that about you? Well, you need to receive this message. You need to understand it and allow the Spirit of God to transform you so that you can live according to who you are. And so we need to understand that um, we will never, ever be abandoned like Jesus was. We can feel abandoned. We can feel like God is distant from us. But that's only our feeling. The actual fact is, he is just as close to us as he always is and will be. We have him present with us, carrying us and giving us all that we need all the time. Even if we feel he's abandoned us, we know that he has not. And so that's the gospel that we have to preach to ourselves. When we feel abandoned or forgotten by God, then we have to say, but that's actually not true. (laughs) And so as we call out, God is with us. Because when Jesus called out, God was not. And so Jesus suffered our pain. He paid for our sin so that we can receive glory and life now and for all eternity. And so please, during this day, spend time reflecting on what Jesus had to suffer for you and then you'll understand what he's given to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful grace. We thank you for this wonderful mercy that you've shown us. We thank you, Lord, that Psalm 22, the the words that you caused uh, David to write down are so significant and so important. We thank you that they are such a beautiful reflection on what Jesus felt, what Jesus endured because of his great love for us. Lord, we pray that you will move this love in us, that we may understand and know our value that we may know uh, what is uh, for us and the resource that we have now that we're in you. Lord, we pray that you'll help us to shine out in the midst of suffering, that people may see you in us. And so, Lord, please use us during this Easter time to speak to our friends and family and neighbours and all those people we come in contact with. Help them to see you in us. Lord, we pray that you'll help us to, to be a wonderful example and witness that as we bear our cross, people may see your love. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.